This is Money Matters Unmasked, a podcast focused on the invisible side of the businesses. Here, we explore payment workflows, financing, the future of fintech, and much, much more with industry leaders and entrepreneurs across diverse fields. So if you want to learn more about the invisible hand keeping most of the businesses intact, you are at the right place. And today's a guest speaker on our first pilot episode, we have Sam Allen founder and CEO at Grounded. And in this episode, we're going to cover a variety of subjects, including real estate in general, how Alan got into this subject, and most importantly, how did he manage to grow Grounded so quickly with such a low budget. And of course, we're going to talk about the satisfaction of the team and how important was that in Sam's journey. So Alan, um, oh, shit started off wrong already uh see that's that's what i'm talking about we'll cut that part out yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so sam uh let's kick it off with you briefly telling us a little bit about yourself and about grounded sure yeah my, uh so a little bit about myself um i live here in sacramento california that's where grounded is located um, I actually have a, a background in uh, landscape design from UC Davis, but uh, you know we were kind of founded around the last big downturn in the market here in 2008, and not a lot of people were hiring landscape architects, so uh, I got into the field of real estate, because why not? It's There was a lot of carnage out there at the time, and it seemed like an interesting space to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's where the roots of this whole thing started and, um, see, what else can I tell you about myself? Let's see. I, I do have that background in landscape architecture. I graduated from UC Davis, but other than that, I'm just kind of a regular guy from the, from the foothills of California. I'm a past, uh, army veteran during the peaceful Clinton mm. years, and I moved, moved, yeah, I moved around a little bit after that, lived in Seattle, lived in um, San Diego, Texas, Georgia, but uh, ultimately came back here to the hot, hot Central Valley <laughs> and um, and and st- started this company out of out of a desperation. And now I'm I'm uh, very happy with where we've come. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely touch on to that start out of desperation because those stories are always inspiring. Sure. Uh, but for now, let's let's talk a little bit more about Grounded itself. Um, and uh, first of all, really cool name. That's kind of uh, one of the reasons why I selected you to be the guest speaker on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And secondly, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you're working on in at Grounded? So are you mostly brokerage? Are you mostly development? And uh, we'll, we'll dig from there. Yeah. So, you know, we started Grounded, um, really, its its conception started, like I said, during that carnage back in 2008. And there were a lot of opportunities to rehab, you know, Mm -hmm. abandoned homes and things of that nature. And with my background in design and and really, uh, I I have a background with landscape architecture. There was a focus in land use planning. So understanding um, planning policy and all that good stuff and land use. Um, which kind of jumped into it with my past business partner. Um, we started to rehab homes. And interestingly enough, when this started, let's go back. This is 2000 and probably nine. The company I was working for previously was a land use planning and civil engineering firm. It imploded, uh, like completely imploded because it was more in the private sector, not enough in the public sector. And after that, after 2009, I was on unemployment for two years, for for two years solid. 
you know, nobody was hiring back then. Yep. And oddly enough, the neighborhood in Sacramento that I was living in just had a lot of foreclosures and just a lot of abandoned properties. And I, I had the fortune of having some people that I knew that had some money. The stock market was tanking, so they withdrew their money from the, the market at that time. Mm-hmm. But they believed enough in, in me and what I was trying to do to lend me a little bit of money. I mean, back then in Sacramento, you could buy a house for $30,000, Oh wow! you know, yes. and, and I was literally rehabbing it with a credit card at the time and doing a lot of the sweat equity myself and just going over there and, you know, learning on the fly, how to rehab homes and, um, all the while drawing unemployment and trying to find another job in planning or landscape architecture, but that just wasn't happening. And after a couple of years of that, I just realized, okay, well, nothing's changing here. The economy's slowly slugging along, but they're not going to start doing planning. They're not going to be designing new neighborhoods anytime soon. We already had a lot of neighborhoods that were designed that hadn't been built yet. So I decided to jump wholeheartedly into the real estate world. Uh, I got my license in 2011 and became an agent, figured, hey, if I'm going to be looking for these deals anyways, I might as well earn a commission off of them as well. And, um, Mm -hmm. And so really was doing about 50-50 being an independent agent and doing sort of just uh, single family home rehabs. Um, Go ahead a couple of years and I started to build a real estate team. Um, Business was going fine. You know, a lot of people had fallen off of the market or a lot of realtors had fallen out of the market. Well, I just didn't know any better. I was young and naive and didn't, hadn't built up a big um, lifestyle that demanded a lot of financial input, which really re- related to our the name grounded, staying grounded, not having this big flashy life to where mm-hmm. you could weather storms, to where yep. you didn't have the um, the firepower that we call it an army, keeping your powder dry, you know, enough enough to go out and actually take advantage of opportunities as they arise. So. I kept my lifestyle really low. It was just my wife and I. Um, we were renting a duplex, uh, half of a duplex, and um, we ended up um, starting to get starting to develop this team. I I was really happy with the way real estate was going. I didn't need to make a lot, and I was able to use a lot of my surplus income to start to do more things. Start to uh, retain some of these flips, start to build out more of a portfolio of single family homes mm-hmm. um, in a really down market, and which I still have to this day for the most part. Um, and so anyways, was doing that, started to get into more doing um, some lot splits, doing a couple ground up spec homes, and then um, got into some commercial stuff. Uh, this is all going along in the meanwhile, I'm running this real estate team and now the team is growing. And, uh, just about two years ago, we became our own brokerage and I started to do some ground up, uh, commercial development. And now I'm really, I'm, I'm mostly in the brokerage space, really focused on growing grounded. Um, we are now approaching 40 agents here and we're on a pretty good trajectory. We're just, wow we're named the fat, one of the fastest growing companies, one of the top 25 fastest growing companies. Congratulations. Sacramento. Yeah. Three years running. So we're just, again, scrappy. Um, we don't need a lot 
and mm -hmm. we like doing what we do and we don't have any quotas to hit or anything like that when it comes oh, to hell the yeah. So the deals that we do are the ones we like. My latest deal is the one I'm sitting in right now. It's our midtown <laughs> historic building that, you know, I purchased and rehabbed. And this is where the brokerage is now, which is another interesting topic that I might get into about, you know, real real estate brokerages don't own their own real estate, which is odd to me. But anyhow, uh -huh. um, that's, that's the kind of stuff we're doing right now is just, I, I'm just taking advantage of the things that I see um, when they present themselves and I don't have to keep the wheels churning. We have a pretty tight ship over here. So I don't have a big crew or something that I need to keep busy or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. A lovely life you're living there. I'm, I'm kind of getting jealous, Sam. <laughs> well, it is uh, not, it's going to be 110 today. So <laughs> let's, let's let's talk let's about talk the about, uh, about that growth that you've mentioned. You know, you were named as one of the fastest growing uh, brokerages in uh, the area. What led to that? You know, spur of growth over time. Since you did mention that, you know, you are bootstrapped. You don't really rely heavily on this big big team. You don't really have quotas to hit. What led to that growth? I mean, honestly, it. it I believe that it was really our culture uh, is what attracted agents to us. I mean, we're dealing in, you know, we're in Sacramento. There's, there are some cutting edge things happening here, but I love this city because what you have is like an old school brokerage model all around us. You got the Remaxes and Coldwell Banker and Keller Williams and all that stuff. That's fine. Those things haven't changed in a long time. Um, but it's a small town where you can get to know everybody. And so uh, we just do things a little bit differently. And through some of those rehabs that we had done, um, we kind of started to really push that brand, that grounded brand. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we have a, a unique brand mark. It kind of talks to our our values. and um, And I think it was just attracting a lot of people because they wanted to know, hey, how are you doing this? How, you know... A lot of realtors want to, they love real estate. Uh, a majority don't know much about a, real, about a house or the functions of, you know, building a rental portfolio or doing commercial or, you know, what are some of the opportunities functionally in a house that you might see when you're out there. So mm -hmm. that's something that we really focus on teaching. And, um, and I think that's just a breath of fresh air in this market in this, you know, sort of stodgy Coldwell banker. I'm no, no, no harm. I mean, I, I'm not talking smack about them. They're great. Those are great <laughs> companies. You know, they're, we're just doing it a little bit differently. And I think that was the fresh of the breath of fresh air here um, in the Sacramento market. And so it just drew a lot of people in, created a lot of really interesting conversations um, and, you know, I'm, I get out there, I like to meet a lot of people. And so, you know, networking obviously helps, but mm -hmm. I'm not like paying to go, you know, to some of these networking meetups or any of that type of thing. It's really, you hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's just organic. It's just organic. Mm -hmm conversations and stuff i would say makes sense really speaking of organic so one of the things that i want to focus in this podcast in general is the behind the scenes action of businesses that no one really talks about them because they're just generally conventionally unattractive or you know not flashy 
So yeah. uh, for you personally, what was this uh, or what were those things that you didn't really expect to see when you were going into this business that are happening behind the scenes and that you see happening pretty much in all businesses that are this, you know, conventionally unattractive things that no one really prepared you to because uh -huh. once again, no one really wants to talk about conventionally unattractive things. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want me to air out the dirty laundry. Huh? Absolutely. That's the plan here. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, we haven't had any catastrophic, uh, you know, things that have stricken us out of left field. But I mean, a couple of things that I can really touch on are partnerships and, mm -hmm. and personnel and risk. I mean, I'll start off with the partnership. I think a lot of people start companies in partnerships. Um, and they're really loose agreements or they're handshake type of things. And as you're excited, right, you've got an yeah, idea yeah. or you're trying to bootstrap and then you're talking to somebody else and they've got a similar idea. And it's like, hey, why don't we combine forces? And like, I think we could really hit it out of the park. And I'm, I think that's a great thing to do. I, I am not uh, adverse to partnerships starting up at all. I think uh, for me, one of the things that I learned is that People change, uh, yourself included, you know, myself changed as a person and my partner, you know, his lifestyle changed and our visions changed a little bit. And so we had a split up. We started uh, in 2014 was when Grounded was really sort of started. So we're, you know, nine years old, I suppose. Um, but back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, you know, their, their perception of, of growth and fear and what all of this meant was a little bit different than mine. And their needs were kind of changing um, with their family and financially. And again, I was trying to keep a pretty grounded life and I wanted to keep money in this operation to grow. And mm -hmm. And I was, I'm a bit, maybe I'm a bit of an optimist and my partner was a bit of a pessimist and thought, you know, maybe the world was, you know, not going to turn out as well as, as I thought. <laughs> and so we had to unwind the partnership. Now we're still amicable. We still own properties together. Um, but that took a while. It's like a, it's like a marriage or, uh, you know, it's like a past relationship or something, you know, it's time, time heals, but it hurts at first. And there's a lot of hurt feelings. And, um, and when you do that, it's, it affects your, your company, the other people in the organization. It's like, mom and dad are breaking up. Well, man, you know, and people are like, yeah. are you coming with me or are you staying here? <laughs> and that's something I think everybody should think about really when they're taking on partners. Um, I'm, I've been approached by a couple other people now, other brokerages mm -hmm. that want to merge um, and you know, other people, other leaders in my organization, I want equity and it's, it's just, um, it's something to be very, very con aware of. I think really digging into values, really questioning what the long-term looks like, what an exit might look like, mm -hmm. you know, and just being very cautious about yeah. that because it seems so like, you know, oh, you know two plus two might equal five here, you know, there's some synergy, but it might, it might not. And you might, you've got to question the other person's work ethic and how hard they want to work and where they want to go and really cast that vision far out there and see what's yep. going on. And exactly. See if you're a match. 
you know, no, don't jump into it right away. hundred percent with you on this one. A lot of people fail because of that and they're building out something amazing. And then one of the partners is starting to fall off and then it all falls apart because there was no agreements and uh, yeah. it becomes messy. Yeah. I'm personally not a big fan of uh, legal stuff, but I'm 100% with you on this one. Just, you know, good fences make uh, good neighbors. Even right. I do hate yeah. that phrase. I do believe that is correct. Yeah, you might um, need to get a prenup in this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, but I forgot the word prenup. So thank you for helping me out, Sam. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think the other stuff was just about personnel and stuff. I mean, personnel mm -hmm. is the hardest part. So, and it, yeah. that's really the linchpin to go back to growth. That's what's really helped us grow is we have amazing personnel. We did not start there. I had people that <laughs> one of my first employees just vanished, you know, just yeah. out of there was just gone for, for a week before I had to fire her by email, you know, nice. and, um, that was, a, she was a linchpin in our operation. So there's a big setback there, but people are messy. People are people We're messy. We're all people too. So, yeah. you know, just, just factor in that somebody's going to, um, that, that there's going to be some mess whenever you have people involved. That's all I'll say about that. Makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And yeah, that is hundred percent true. Are there any other underground uh, things that are like behind the scenes that no one really knows about? Like, I don't know, interesting ways that you figured out how to do cash flows or ways that you do transactions that save you a ton of money because you didn't mention that, you know, you're very scrappy when it comes to that. You're staying low to the ground and making sure that, you know, you're not wasteful. Any yeah. other cool ways that you found uh, to save money or to stay scrappy or to, uh, you know, make things more efficient that nobody really thinks about, like maybe how you pay to your agents uh, or things like that? Um, I mean, as far as staying scrappy, like you've got to, if you watch the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Like you've really got to watch that stuff, but you don't, you know, like I said before, culture, culture is our mm -hmm. biggest thing. I'll touch on that again. Uh, that's our competitive advantage when it comes to not only the brokerage side, but our development side. Um, you know, if you look at a spreadsheet and say, okay, well, will this dollar yield two X. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. But there's a lot of art in there. There's a lot of subjectivity. So with our rehabs, we would always, people would say, man, you are out, you're spending too much. Like you don't have to go that far. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, yes. But at the same time, we're trying to establish our brand. We're trying to establish what we're known for. We're trying to establish our values. And I, if I was just another, you know, shitty flipper out there, <laughs> I would just, uh, you know, I don't want to like, just slap on some carpet and paint and hope yeah. I can maximize my profit. I think that's a, a penny smart and a pound foolish. Or if you spend, if you go a little bit above and beyond and you differentiate yourself from the rest of the market, you can score a much higher premium on the profit. You can beat what that spreadsheet is that you downloaded from bigger pockets or whatever, which are great resources, by the way. Um, <laughs> You know, you, you can, but, but you can't put that into a spreadsheet. It's hard to do yeah. that until you've done it, you know, and, and it's same in our, in our brokerage, you know, I'm not cutting everything out. Like we've got a, you know, we've got a lot of free benefits over here in our brokerage. We've got a full bar. We've got, you know, all the other. Nice. Uh, all right. <laughs> you want to come work? 
I'm uh, I'm thinking of it, man. I'm thinking. No, <laughs> you know, the we, boss we is not going to hear this episode. <laughs> oh. We don't cut everything down to the bone to be streamlined. You've got to, you you have to work in that human element that again yeah. is messy into your budgets, into your culture, into all of the things. But you've got to really figure out who you are first, and if that makes sense for you. You know if. Mm-hmm. Let's just go to a traditional real estate brokerage again. If they were to say, oh, hey, guys, we've got a barn out, that would be very weird. And people would be like, whoa, this is not, you know, <laughs> this is not right. This doesn't feel right. For us, it's fine. And people are pretty responsible here. We're adults for the most part. For the most uh, part. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Are, are we talking about child labor here? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, That's the way. I did have one of my agents bring in their kids to help replant some of our plants in here and stuff Uh, like that. All right. But I mean, I would say that, you know, you do have to watch the bottom line, but don't Mm -hmm. cut so much that you lose who you are and you start to lose your budget. You you need to budget for culture and that can yield dollars that don't quantify or don't show up. Yes. Spreadsheet. Yep essentially take care of your people exactly you know you come back and again and again to the subject of you know your culture and your team that's part of the growth yeah i hear that uh take care of them they'll take care of you that is amazing yeah that's that's... how we've retained a lot of our people like uh, we we have a very low turnover and that helps our bottom line as well exactly people really underestimate the power of uh a low turnover uh retraining rehiring that is extremely expensive and frequently unaccounted for on this amazing note of taking care of your employees being good to people around you and not being a shitty flipper we're gonna wrap it up thank you sam for coming and sharing this uh i'll reach out afterwards and make sure to include details in the description of this episode so we'll include links uh to grounded we'll include links to sam's linkedin and so on and so forth and other helpful resources so go ahead check it out and as always have a good day thank you